Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of FTU Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez, and this is a nice, cold, rainy weekend here in North Carolina. Hey, so uh, there were a few things I wanted to talk about on this week's episode. Um, one, first and foremost, of course, you know, um, this podcast is meant to help people who are transitioning or people who are in the military and contemplating whether they want to stay in or if they want to get out and whether they, you know, on how and helping them come to that decision, you know, and, and you weigh your options, you, you decide what you want to do. And, you know, it's your life. You live it how you see fit. Um, you know, I'm going to provide some advice, some suggestions, but it's your life. And so you should make the best decision for yourself. Okay, um, so first I wanted to start off with, I uh, just want to congratulate my friend Juan. Um, after, I think it was 21 years of military service, he uh, retired yesterday. And I just wanted to say congratulations to you, Juan, and to Chief. Yes, I know, Chief, you have a first name, but you'll always be Chief. And you'll always be Chief to me. And I, I need to explain that about both of them. Um, I, I served with Juan in uh, Charlie 97th, right? And I've mentioned multiple times that, that I think that was the best time of my military career when we were Charlie 97th, okay? Not Charlie 98th. It, somewhere in there, um, the 98th stood up and then we became Charlie 98th. Well, those like 18 months, 24 months of being Charlie 97th was the best time of my military career. And I, I got a serve with the, you know, people that I respected and uh, of that group, Juan was, is, and I think he always will be the best of us. Um, he was humble. He was smart. Um, he was always willing to help. And I, I'm better off. I'm a better person uh, because I met Juan. Um, you know, I, I've mentioned multiple times that, you know, I'm not a good person. I'm not a bad person. You know, I'm just a person, right? And just trying to do the best I can, just trying to progress. And, you know, I'm, I'm not very humble. I, I'm smart. I know I'm smart. and I don't need to hide it anymore. Um, and I was smart enough to look over at Juan and see what he was doing. It's like, I, you know, I'm not exactly sure what he's doing, but I'm, I'm going to try to copy that because um, I know if I do, then I'll, I'll be all right. I, I won't be able to do what, what he did at his level. But again, if I do it at 75%, I'll, I'll still be pretty good. And so I wanted to say thank you, Juan. And Chief, um, I'm always going to call you Chief because you deserve that respect. Both of you have um, given 20 years of your life to the military. Um, you have a young son and you've raised him and he he's he he's a good person and that's a reflection on both of you and you should both be very proud of your accomplishments and what you have done and i just want to say thank you for allowing me to be in your life okay now with that said um uh, i've noticed a lot on um, linkedin and through my network uh that there have been multiple people who who uh state that you know, leaders in the military should help out uh, young people who are deciding whether they want to get out or whether they want to stay in, right? Well, I have a, 
couple of issues with that. One, um, these topics always come up, but it's more of a point of trying to scare the young uh, person, right? And to stay in. And if you're contemplating on getting out, you need to understand that you've done your time. You don't owe the military anything and you don't owe these so-called leaders anything. You don't. They're going to say you do and you don't. You don't. And let me give you an example, right? Say you come in at 18, right? And then after four years, you decide you're going to get out. So you're going to get out at 22. Well, they want you to talk to the so-called leaders, right? So who are you going to talk to? Your platoon leader? Okay. How old is he? 25? What world experience does he have? He went to college. And then as soon as he went to college, he ended up going into the military. So he has no experience in real life. Okay. Right. So he's not a good person to talk to. So then who, who would you talk to? Your um, platoon sergeant? Okay. Probably a Crucio E7 who's had been in anywhere 15 to 17 years. And guess what? He probably came in at 18 as well. So he or she also has no experience in the war world. So they're just going to tell you why you should stay in um, from the military's perspective. And they're going to try to scare you and say that you're not ready. And you might not be. But ultimately, the, the decision is yours, and you shouldn't listen to them because they're morons, all right? They are. We don't like to say that. No, nobody in the military wants to admit that we're morons, but we are because we only understand the military, right? And that's it. We don't understand anything else. And it's, it's your responsibility to prepare yourself um, for life after the military because uh, none of the branches are going to do that for you. I hear great things about the Air Force, and guess what? They're not going to do it for you either. Nobody is. Okay, so even if you decide, okay, well, there's somebody else I can talk to. Well, who are you going to talk to? Your first sergeant? Your first sergeant's probably been in 20 years. No experience in the outside world. And that guy's probably so crusty and so upset that um, he's relying on, he's going to get out and he's going to go work at the post office. Because most first sergeants that I, I knew in the 82nd, that was their big master plan, that they were going to go work at the post office. And Hey, man, if that's your plan, awesome, because at least you have a plan. At least you have an idea. Okay, so maybe you could talk to your first sergeant, and they could tell you what they're going to do. Okay, don't talk to your commander, because your commander has to have a certain amount of people re-enlist every quarter. So he wants to scare you into re-enlisting so he can make his numbers. And you have to understand where the commander's coming from. If he loses you, then that means he's going to get another person, right? You might not be the best soldier, best airman, best sailor, best marine. You might be a 70%er like me, right? Well, 70% is still pretty decent. That's that's all right. And at least they know they can give you tasks and you're going to accomplish them. Somebody else might come in and they don't know what they're going to get. Might be an alcoholic, drug user, might just be an idiot and not might be one of those people that I met in the military that was just too stupid to like be alive. Like, and I, I know everybody who's listening has met some of those people that are just, they're just morons, right? You don't understand. Like how, how does this person make it work every day? Much less um, hold down a job. Right. And so you need to understand that, that the commander is going to look out for himself because that's his job to look out for himself, not to look out for you. And, you know, I had one guest on here, Dan and, Dan had a plan and he got out and, you know, he went and did training with Microsoft and he found a pretty good job. And he said, look, if you're, if you're not sure what you want to do, then stay in. That's a hor horrible idea. That's horrible advice. And I'm going to tell you why, because uh, when I was at 10 years, 
I had my bachelor's, but I still wasn't sure what that would accomplish. So I decided to um, go indefinite, right? So that that was another 10 years. And, you know, I had some good times, some bad times. But I'm going to tell you right now that from January of 2015 to uh, May of 2016 was the worst time of my life. I would rather go to SEER school for 10 years straight than relive those that time period uh, because the first sergeant and the commander, let's see, let's refer to them as Mambo King number one and Nose Picker. The company commander was Nose Picker. And the reason why he's called Nose Picker is because that's what he would do. He would pick his nose in front of the entire company. Awesome, right? Yeah, this, this is a person that's supposed to be our leader. And the first sergeant was just out to look. He he just cared about himself and he only wanted to, he just wanted to get promoted to sergeant major and that's fine. Um, but he would throw you in the bus and if anything went well, then it was because he trained you and he showed you how to do it. And if anything went to crap, well, it's because you're an idiot. Um, so it was the worst time of my life and I wouldn't want to relive that ever again. And so if I could go back in time, which I can't, and I know I can't, I hate the what if game, right? Um, but I probably wouldn't have re-enlisted. I'd probably take my chances out on the real world because at that time I wasn't broken down. I knew I could at least find a job in law enforcement. That would have been easy for me to do. Um, so it's your life, right? I mean, if you're old enough to... Um, enlist in the military and go overseas and die for your country, then you're old enough to decide on whether you want to stay in or whether you want to go out or whether you want to get out of the military, you know, it, it, it's up to you. And, you know, we talk about mental health and we talk about your physical health, right? Well, what, what kind of toll do you think that was taking on me uh, for those, what, year and a half? It, it was breaking me down. Um, there were multiple days when I uh, just wanted to suck start a nine mil, you know, and if you don't know what that means, it's, it's good. You, you probably don't need to understand. Um, but, you know, there was just multiple days, weeks, months, where it's like, I, I just hate my life. I, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, but again, you know, I had responsibilities. I had my family. I had to provide for them, um, too. You know, the way I was raised by my parents, uh, you know, I had to, uh, you know, they they never quit. So how am I going to quit? Um, even though it's always easiest just to um, tap out and just to say, I don't want to do this anymore. And because I've mentioned it before, I have a slight case of OCD and I have to finish things. When I don't finish things, it, it bugs me. And so that was the other part of it. Um, but this is your life. So if you want to get out, then get out. Um, I, I've seen multiple emails and multiple posts on LinkedIn, and, you know, breaking it down like, hey, you know, Break it down with your soldiers or with your people so they understand how much they have to earn for a living wage. It's like it, that's their life. And, and don't pretend that you care because you don't. You don't. Um, the people that I mentioned uh, on this podcast, um, my last um, first sergeant and company commander over in Charlie 97th, my second time around when we were going to uh, Indo-Pacific. They were great because they were just authentic. They were themselves. They were, I knew what I was getting. They didn't try to bullshit me. 
Um, interesting story, right? When I was going over to that company, um, the old first sergeant, um, I was supposed to report in March of 2020 during COVID, right? Right, right when COVID kicked off. I, I didn't know this then. I got my orders in November of 2019. And the first sergeant at the time calls out to where I was working. It's like, I need to see him. It's like, well, sure, dude, whenever I get over there, I'll get over there. Because guess what? You're not my first sergeant. Not yet. And so he kept calling. I was like, you need to come over here. I was like, I, I'm not even going to take your phone call because you're not my first sergeant, fool. And when I finally went down there, like he had, you know, this is the problem of the branch that I, I was in before, civil affairs. Everybody thinks that they have this silver tongue, right, and that they're smarter than everyone else. And he wasn't. He was a nice guy. And I'm not going you know, to say that he was dumb because he wasn't, but he just thought that I was going to fall for his bullshit, right? And I knew everything that was coming out of his mouth was was a lie. It was just a lie, right? He was trying to get me to report. Um, I had to go to my, um, in order to get promoted to master sergeant, I had to go to this new school, right? Master's Leaders Course, uh, MLC. And so he was telling me, oh, well, you know, it's four weeks, but the last week you don't have to be there. So we'll just pull you out. It's like, you're stupid, dude. Like, I understand you already got promoted to master sergeant or first sergeant, so you don't care. This is my career. I'm not reporting early so you can hurt my career. Like, you're stupid, right? And it's like, so, of course, right, I just played off like I always do. Oh, Jess, see, see, senor, see, primero, see, right? Because this guy's stupid. And then I left, and it's like I never responded to him again. He kept calling, emailing me. I was like, you're nobody. Go away, dude. But it wasn't until I found out who the next first sergeant was and uh, Ricky, right? And uh, the company commander, Matt. I met Matt and, you know, I went in to go talk to Ricky and let him know, hey, man, this is my plan. Like, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to do all four weeks and then I'm going to get out, take a week um, so I can clear and get everything ready. And then I'll report. The reason why they wanted me to report early was because we had to go do some validation exercise, right? some nonsense and they needed a hundred percent of the leadership, the company leadership. And if I was there, I was going to drop them down. If I wasn't there, I was going to drop them down to 75%. And I knew showing up, not knowing anybody, not knowing what was going on. I was setting myself up for failure, but I knew Ricky wouldn't throw me under the bus. I respected him then and I respect him now. And so that's why I went. Because, man, every day that we were out there, I was, like, getting punched in the face, right? <laughs> Figuratively, not literally, right? And it was like, man, you're a moron. Okay, sure. All right. You're stupid. Okay, yeah, whatever. And Matt, you know, he was very emotional, but he always realized when he would, uh, you know, maybe got a little too emotional, and then he would explain it to everybody. And that's what I appreciated was I saw the human side of him, and he would also – Realized that sometimes he got a little carried away and he would apologize. He, which I explained to him, it's like he didn't need to explain anything to me and he didn't need to apologize. Those those situations are meant to stress you out and to see how you're going to do, right? I was fine. I, I liked it because at least it showed that he was human like the rest of us. He didn't try to pretend that he was some saint or some, you know, super soldier. He, he didn't. And I appreciated that. And for me, when I decided to get out, if they wanted to give me advice or tell me um, what I should or shouldn't do, I would have taken it. I, if they want to give me advice right now on 
my plan to buy a Little Caesars uh, franchise, you know, I would listen to that as well um, because I value their opinion. They're, I wish everybody had a leadership team like that because they would give you advice and then let you go do your job. And if you made a mistake, they didn't crush your soul. It's okay because we're people and people make mistakes. And so to bring it back to um, the original point, right? You have to judge like who you're getting advice from, right? Because not all advice is the same. I'm telling you what worked for me, but what worked for me might not necessarily work for you, all right? My resume, I gave it over to Juan, right? I gave him my federal resume and my regular resume. And I'm going to be honest, they were both crap. Maybe not crap. They were probably, they were 70% resumes, right? Because that's who I am. And, uh, but Juan, Juan is smart. Juan, if you give Juan something, if you can give him like uh, uh, those instructional pamphlet on how to work uh, answer machine from from the 1980s, right? And he can take that. And after a day, he'll give it back to you and he'll have transformed it into some sort of Shakespearean literature, right? And you're like, wow, this is amazing. How'd you do this? And and that's just the type of person he is. So I gave him my resumes and he was able to take those and he rewrote them. And then he used the resources that were available to him. Uh, What is it? Hire our heroes. Um, because they'll give you somebody that, that'll work with you and they'll help get your resume um, to a better place. And that's what he did. And he's using all these resources, right? Uh, but I, I've given my resume to other people and I know all they've done is just change their name. And it's like, and that's not going to get you where you need to be. Um, I just applied to a lot of places and, you know, because of my education, I knew I was going to get some callbacks. That's not going to be the case for everybody. Um, so, you know, you have to invest time in yourself. You have to have a plan and you need to like have a good base of who you can listen to, of whose advice you can take. And, you know, you might, take a little a few pieces from me of what I'm saying. You might take a little, few pieces from your family members. You might take a few pieces from somewhere else. All right. And so that's all this is, is we're just trying to help each other out. We're just trying to help each other get to a better place. Um, because for me, uh, you know, my, like I said, my body just, it, it can't go anymore. Um, you know, we've decided that we're going to purchase a new house. We're going to move out of this one and uh, we're going to have to hire movers because I, I can't lift boxes. I can't lift the furniture. I, it just isn't going to happen anymore. All right. And that's okay. Just know what your limitations are and know what your strengths are. Um, so, you know, these podcasts are going to be a little bit shorter and I, I don't know if I'm going to have any more uh, guests on. Uh I like doing these podcasts, but again, it's, uh, well, let, let me tell you about my update, right? My update with, uh, my transition out, right? So it's been about six months now since I signed out from terminal leave. And so I finally got into rhythm. I, I finally feel pretty good about myself. You know, I, I had, a you know, continue to exercise, go running, um, starting this PhD, you know, it finally in week seven, now I'm in back in my rhythm and I feel normal again. Um, cause I have something to do and I'm not like losing my mind. 
I, you know, all these other projects that I was doing, I'm still doing them, but I just needed something to uh, provide some sort of normalcy to me, a rhythm, right? And going to school provides that for me. And, you know, I had people say, well, why don't you just read books? Reading books is fine, but if I'm going to read a book, I might as well get a degree out of it, right? So, yeah, why not? Um, The VA, the VA is the VA, right? They're... They're not there to hurt you. They're not there to supposedly they're there to help you. I, I don't know about that, but uh, you know, if anybody needs assistance, um, you know, I, I went to the training and I can help you like put together your uh, your claim and submit it. You know, and yes, I do recommend having a VSO, um, having somebody uh, represent you. I didn't, but I went through a med board process. So although I didn't have a VSO, the military made sure that somebody helped me with it and they held my hand through the process. Um, If you don't med board, you definitely should go out and get a VSO. Um, So, you know, transition is, it's, it, it sucks, but it's also, the best time of my life. Um, it sucks because there was a while there where I was just, it was just too quiet for me. I was just like losing my mind. Um, but you know, I have more time with my, uh, with my grandbaby, you know, my kids are grown now and I miss a lot of their lives and there, there's no way I can go back and I, I can't get that time because, uh, they're grown. They're, they're not babies anymore. They don't want to spend time with me, you know, and I understand that. You know, I love them, and if they need help, uh, I'll help them with whatever they need. And if they want to spend time, I'm here. And, you know, I'll – I love seeing my kids. Um, But my grandbaby, you know, she she comes around, and she still likes to hang out with Grandpa. She still wants to um, get Fatty out. That's money um, from Grandpa. And we're going to see about getting her in some uh, archery classes um, because want her to – have some sort of sports on her to-do list uh, through school. So archery, I don't know. I was thinking about soccer, but, you know, eh. So I don't know. We'll see. Archery, maybe horse riding, something like that. But transition should be fun. It should be um, the best time of your life. Because you're free. So again, uh, I hope you all um, have a good transition. If you want to stay in, stay in. If you want to get out, get out. It's your choice. Don't listen to these so-called leaders in the military that are out for their personal mission. They're, they're not there to help you out. They're not. And, you know, Drew and I have discussed, it's like, well, leaders, right, leaders of the military, what does that mean? I don't know um, because the majority of the leaders that I served with in the military, once they leave, never hear of them again. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Captain Anderson, uh, he was my company commander in the 82nd, right? He was an okay guy. He's typical officer in the 82nd, right? Thought he ruled the world and thought he walked on water and, I left so because I went over to uh, USASOC 
And I receive a phone call from him um, because he had was coming up $150,000 short on equipment. And he was trying to put $20,000 $20, of that on me. So he was trying to get me pulled back from USASOC, um so I could pay that back. It's like, you're out of your mind. It's like I had already signed the hand receipt over it. That hand receipt had already changed over like twice to two different people. And he was trying to pin it on me. And each time it changes, like he's supposed to sit there and do the inventory. Whether he did or didn't, I don't know. And I didn't care. Um, but those are the, these are the type of officers that I worked with where it's guys that are just out there to cover their asses, not to help you out. And I know people are saying, well, the military has changed. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. It hasn't. We like to think it has, but it hasn't. And let me give you one last example before before I go. All right. Um, I'm an instructor, right? And I was talking about like there's – I was giving this class to these this young, uh, young people who are going on their mission, right? And I was talking about the different um, organizations that they were going to work with. I was, and I would give my examples and – this young man raised his hand and he said, uh, hey, no, you know, Mr. Rodriguez, that's not that's not what it's like anymore. It's like, you know, that's what it was like before when you were in. But now that all those old timers are out, you know, it's changed. Like we all respect each other. We work together. We're a team. You know, we, we're going to work together to accomplish a mission. It's like, oh, that's awesome. I think. Uh, can you tell me about like where you deployed and, give you know, share your experiences with everybody? And young kid is like, oh, I've never deployed anywhere. Okay, well, I'm not talking about combat because combat's scaling down, you know. So can you tell me about, like, just regular deployment, like, and you might have gone on. He's like, no, no, I've never I've never gone anywhere. Oh, okay. Well, then you must have gone on training with these other organizations, right? So can you tell me about them, it's like, the, your training experience? Like, oh, no, 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 I've never worked with them. Okay. So this young kid was just talking about, stuff that he heard from so-called leaders, right? Which is fine because maybe I'm wrong because I'm wrong a lot. And I know I know this and that's, you know, just trying to learn, just trying to be better. So I hear from their sister organization last week and they're talking to me. It's like, hey, we want to, can you help us put together this validation exercise, this training? It's like, sure. It's like, uh, any particular reason? It's like, yeah, we sent, our unit down there down to work with these other organizations. And they, as soon as we got down there, they said, we don't want to work with you. Like you guys go do your own stuff. And it's like, so there were multiple organizations down there and it was supposed to be one big exercise. And there was like five different exercises going on because nobody was working together. And so, yeah, okay. You know, that's my job. I'll do whatever you want. I don't care. Sure. I'll design your entire exercise for you. That's fine by me. My whole point is, and we all have this idea that there's all of a sudden we're all going to mature and we're all going to respect each other and we're all going to work together. That's not how things work because we're human and it's hard to change. And most people don't want to change. It's easier just to say those other people suck or they're stupid. I'm right. And they're wrong than to ever stop and think I might be wrong. There might be a better way. Right. I don't like to do that either. But in my old age, I have realized, you know what? I might be wrong. I might. I don't know if I am. We'll see. We'll see how things go, right? I 
try to plan for the worst case scenario and I try to, you know, keep an open mind. And that's all I'm saying is if you decide to get out, keep an open mind because the advice that you're getting, look who you're getting this advice from, right? What are their motives? Is it to keep you in? Is it to be honest? Just question who you're getting your advice from. All right. Um, so thanks very much. Um, want to say, uh, you know, I got to saw. I want to give a shout out. I got to see a, a friend, an old friend, uh, again, somebody who was in Charlie ninety seven. George, uh, just want to say thanks. It was good seeing you yesterday. Uh, stay strong, George. You're still scary as you know as you've ever been. And uh, for those young medics going through that course, uh, good luck because George will teach you something if you have an open mind. And if you don't, then he's going to teach you something else that you're not going to like. All right. So until next time, uh, you know, again, just remember, you do have something that makes you special. So just identify what that is and maximize it and you'll be successful. All right. So until next time, zot, zot, zot. And roll tide.